Hey, everybody. Good evening. I was going to say good night, but I don't want to make it sound like uh, we're uh, departing. So, <laughs> good <Thanks>. evening. <laughs> a lot of speakers tonight. Should be exciting. Yes. I was just going to say DJ Volt Lab is almost fired. That wasn't so great. <laughs> I was pretty fired up. But... Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I think maybe because it was happening two times with me, it didn't sound as good because I could hear it in one ear and then in the other ear because <laughs> I was trying to both DJ and, you know, host. I would hire you. That's all I'm saying. It sounds very smooth. Well, there you go. Okay, good. Okay. I had this bright idea earlier and I was like, Volt Lab's going to DJ tonight. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for coming in today. We've been really excited about this and actually some haters um, are very excited about this too. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) There were some people that said, I think NFTs are dumb. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> so I guess some people will um, come up and voice voice their opinions. Is, is someone, Alex, is someone posting this in our Discord? I was working on that, but um, just want to make sure we're posting the link and giving our community enough time to jump in. How's everybody yeah, doing tonight? I'll, I'll, I hope there's I'll some NFT it. haters here. I see some NFT defenders here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kellyanne, thank you so much for putting this on for us. Uh, This is Nick here. I'm I'm speaking out of the This Not a Rug account. Hi. (laughs) Hi there. And we've got the whole team on here, I think. Eliza, Darian, um, out of his Web8 The Ocho account. Alexandra. We have the infamous traditional rug hooker. Uh, Salim is out of the CyberDad account. Um, I think that'll be all of our speakers for tonight. So we're excited. Powerhouse team. All right. Sounds good. We've got lots of questions. <laughs> A lot of questions lined up. Um, you know, of course, some haters might pop in, <laughs> but hopefully they'll listen and, uh, you know, maybe they won't be haters at the end of this. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm told that I'm supposed to always say this is not financial advice. <laughs> this is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> So just FYI, this is not financial advice (laughs) to anyone who's listening. Um, Yeah, so I think, you know, we can hop right in. I think most people know me. I'm a crypto fan. (laughs) I have some companies and the very short story is I'm a crypto and NFT fan. And I'm, you know, excited for you all to be here. And I would love to learn more about you. And I know everyone's here to learn more about you. So maybe we could start at the top and maybe start with Nick and to yeah. do some intro- introductions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Nick. Um, operating on the, this not a rug account. Um, I was a kind of traditional business real estate guy. Um, I played professional baseball at one point. I had a real estate company, um, that I'm, I'm still running. And um, a couple companies that I was able to step away from, and I was um, brought in from uh, Mr. Traditional Rug Hook 
part of a project that did extremely well um, in cryptocurrency um, in the token space. And um, I got kind of paired up with the rest of this team and we really built a powerhouse team. And, um, you know, it's cool to, it's always good to surround yourself with people smarter than you. So that's what, that's what we've done here. And so we got a really good group. Yeah, I guess uh, my, I am the currently the only undocked person on the uh, 10 person team. And I'll explain that here in just a second, but my name is traditional rug hooker. When we were putting together this uh, project, um, I was talking, I was speaking with Nick and uh, I, I asked him, hey, what do you call a uh, rug maker? And when you Google it, one of the first names that comes up is traditional rug hooker. And I was like, I've got to have that name. So that's that's my alias. Um, reason why I'm not doxxed currently um, is because I was a part of a, a very, very big project, um, cryptocurrency project. Um, I was doxxed in that uh, project. Um, and so I just, um, I'm transitioning out of, uh, not out of it completely, um, but just letting them know that I've got this other project that I'm working on. And I just wanted to make sure that they didn't feel slighted or that, that the community didn't feel slighted, uh, because, because, uh, me and, um, this team were working on this project before mint. Um, and I've already promised our community this before we mint the project, I will dox. Um, so, so don't buy an NFT from us if I'm not doxxed by the time we mint. So that is, uh, that's, that's my promise to the community and I, and I definitely will do that. So aside from that, I mean, like I said, I was a part of a, uh, I've been in cryptocurrency since 2013 and I got involved in a, uh, a pretty large project as their marketer. We took it from a three, $30 million market cap above a, uh, $3 billion market cap. And so um, it's just, it's opened up a lot of doors for me, a lot of uh, uh, people that I've made connections with. And, and that's uh, really how this project started was connections with people um, like Eliza, like uh, Alexandra. And, um, and then I've known Nick for a long time, Darian um, as well, and, and Salim as well. So uh, that's me. Great. And we could yes. also say you're not doxxed because you're famous. That's what everyone is saying. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, was like, that's yeah. what I'm going to tell everyone. I'm like, um, he's not revealing his identity because he's famous and everyone would freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I mean, again, I will dox before the mint. So probably within the next uh, two weeks, um, I'll go ahead and dox myself. I just, again, want to make sure that I'm doing it the right way and that I'm not um, harming anybody by doing that. I guess I'll go next. Sorry for my voice. Uh, I have bronchitis. Um, my name's Eliza. I, uh, I'm the CEO of Blockchain Media. We're a full-stack design development and marketing agency in the crypto space, and I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of the blue chips out there starting back in early spring. Um, most recently, we've switched over to just creating projects in-house, and I've been very fortunate to have been pulled in by Hooker to come on to This Is Not A Rug to help with marketing and also some of the one-of-one -one designs uh, with our developer. Uh, one of our developers, uh, fake seclusion that sadly couldn't come tonight. Um, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell, I think. Sorry, I'm pretty out of it. I'm also a mom, so I'm going to have to dip early. My kid needs to go to sleep and he doesn't fall asleep without me. So I'm going to pass the mic to Alex. I'll stay around for about 10 more minutes, Kelly. 
I love you guys. Had a blast last night, and I'm really sorry I can't stay for longer tonight. Okay. Well, I'll see you at the party. Yeah, you <laughs> this <are>. weekend. <laughs> Drunk brunch. Guys, that's why you're so awesome. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, I'm Alexandra Moore. I'm Eliza Gwendolyn's partner over at Blockchain Media. And we are helping out with Not A Rug um, in the marketing efforts and social media. Um, and that is a little bit about me. She already said blockchain. Um, we're happy to be here. Let's get into NFTs. And I hope you brought a friend who thinks they're dumb. I, I did. Just going to put that out there. You brought a friend <laughs> who thinks they're dumb? <laughs> yeah. That's good. I tried to get someone, but I don't think he's listening. <laughs> Because he thinks they're dumb. Right. He's like, I got to go to the store. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe I should pull my husband into this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got my wife here. So, <laughs> yeah, let me go get my wife in the other room. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll jump in next. Yeah, go ahead, Darian. Um, yeah my name is Darian. I go by Web8 The Ocho. Um, I'm a sports fan myself, so if anyone's seen Dodgeball, it's ESPN 8, the Ocho, and so that's where the name came from. Eventually, the internet will make it to Web 8, but I think we're, we're quite a ways away from that. Um, but my name's Darian. I come from a kind of a business um, corporate background, and so um, when uh, when Web 3PO, Nick reached out and was like, hey, we're, we're working on a project, um, I'd worked with him on a few other business things, and I thought, oh, no-brainer. If Nick brings me in, like, I, I know it's going to be a good project. Um, so that's, that's why I joined the team, um, just loved the idea, loved what, what the team was working on. Um, uh, I am married. I've got two golden retrievers. We don't have any kids, but um, the golden retrievers we treat like our children. So um, we love them very much. Very nice, Darian. Uh, I think I'm the last one here. Uh, I'm Salim. Uh, go by Cyberdad. The name comes from the fact that I released um, uh, our first um, NFT project while I was on paternity leave with, um, the, after the birth of my first first son here. He's now five months. Um, so that was uh, that's the name. Uh, I'm the creator and uh, founder of Cyberbabies.io, which is a a suite of tools for people that um, buy and sell and trade NFTs um, as um, as they're living, as their full-time job. And so we provide them with um, a suite of tools to help them mint projects, to help them buy things on OpenSea, uh, get rankings. Um, I'm a traditional um, corporate background in computer science and engineering and solutioning, um, but I recently uh, transitioned to the NFT space. Uh, I've been into the crypto space since 2013, 2014, but recently got into NFTs and um, started Cyber Babies and now excited to to do some great things um, for This Is Not A Rug. Um, they, they didn't, I didn't join this project and um, part of the founders team just create a 721 ERC contract. So we, we have big things in plan. They did need a, an experienced developer on the on the blockchain side. And so I'm excited to, to reveal more and more of that later on. It's nice to meet everyone. And, you know, yeah, thank you for being here again. So this is, I think, going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. So the first question, <laughs> I think, goes to Nick, since you're on, on the handle, um, or anyone can take it. But, you know, what was the inspiration behind 
this is not a rug and can you talk about it, the project a little bit um yeah of course um we had like i said everybody on this team um has had a lot of success um in traditional business and um for you those of you kind of nft haters here um we've all kind of left that um, that kind of success in that world um, to build success in this world because we believe it's the future and we see all the value in it. So I could go on bragging about this team for days, but they've all been extremely successful um, and we're very well off um, in real world kind of work. Um, but we wanted to contribute and add value uh, to this new industry. Um, so, and we really believe it's kind of the next uh, the next big industry with, like with .com and um, social media and and all that kind of stuff. So um, we knew we wanted to do something. Um, we had just had success in the uh, cryptocurrency space, and we wanted to do an NFT project. There's a lot of benefits of doing an NFT project and attaching some really cool things um, to your NFTs. So when people own them, um, they get access to certain things and all those kind of things. So uh, we, we basically started with the team. And then the team developed some ideas that we felt like would be really um, successful from like a funny, fun standpoint. Um, we came up with the concept, this is not a rug. Um, Celine brought the kind of idea. Uh, Mr. Rug Hooker um, traditional, traditionally um, helped kind of develop the idea. We all kind of threw, threw some ideas in and ended up with basically um, replacing, you know, the most famous art um, from history. Um, and adding a rug into it, which rug is a synonymous term in cryptocurrency. Um, and, and basically it means that someone is, is like, you know, screwing you, yanking you around kind of thing. And we're kind of screwing with this art, yanking with it around uh, because we can, because it's public domain. And we're making something new from it. And what we're making uh, this time can't be screwed around with. And um, it can't be changed because it's on the blockchain and it's one of one. And no one can ever change that. No one ever can take it away from you. You always own it. Um, and if you sell it, you'll get the profits from that kind of thing um, or the losses. So it's an investment that you'll hold that's verifiable. It's one of one So it was kind of an easy way, honestly, to explain what an NFT is to our friends. And we thought it would make a really cool project. And then um, our utility was kind of all, always in the back of our mind, um, which was which was art-based. Um and I really can't say too much about it because we're not talking about it until it's all tied up with a bow on it. But um, our utility is is um, kind of artsy, kind of gathering place kind of base. So anyway, I'll turn it over to probably traditional rug hooker. He can kind of uh, tie up some loose ends with that kind of the story. Yeah, behind a, it. yeah I guess that just to, very quickly to uh, piggyback off of what he was saying, I, I mean, I think every single one of us, not I think, every single one of us in the team have been involved uh, in uh, different projects. But uh, at least speaking for myself, um, Salim is probably the exception there. Um, and then Eliza and Alex, uh, they were working on CryptoDocs as well. But um, at least for myself and, and Nick, um, we never were able to like create something of our own. Um, and we always had this idea um, one of the things that I, so here's the, the, uh, nod to the haters of NFTs. One of the things that always drove me crazy about NFTs and cryptocurrency in general, especially in 2020 and 2021 is the, uh, is just these like 
these these pop up projects that had no innovation, no utility, um, nothing new about them. They were just kind of riding on the the, the backs of other projects that somehow um, got some massive success. And so we always, from the very beginning, we knew that the project that we were doing, it was kind of a two, two-sided project. One was education. Um, and so Nick didn't talk about this, but the, the, we were, when we were talking about um, what we were going to name the project, um, both Nick and I were, were licking our wounds from a rug pull that we were involved in. Um, and it was a pretty nasty one. Uh, from a financial perspective for us. And so we just, we made this decision that whatever project we're going into, whatever project we're creating, we want to make sure that we're educating too, uh, because it's extremely easy for people that are coming into the space to get scammed, to get rug pulled, the the, syn- the synonymous there, rug being scammed um, in the space. And so we wanted to make sure that we did that. Our utility, again, as Nick kind of alluded to, um, we're, we're finalizing a couple of pieces. We're going to have um, that hopefully ready to announce uh, not too far from now. Uh, but again, it's going to be prior to mint. We're not going to mint and say, hey, just trust us. For, there's going to be utility to this in the future. We're going to uh, announce the utility first. We don't have a mint date yet because we're going to announce that mint date once we announce the, the utility. But the basic idea of this utility is all of us kind of coming from marketing and this uh, – um, art type space, um, we're, we're doing something uh, innovative because, again, we wanted to make sure that we were innovating. We weren't just copying other projects. We're doing something that's innovative that we really believe is going to flip a lot of NFT projects on their heads, uh, marketing of NFTs and cryptocurrencies on its head, um, and uh, just the art space in general. So we're really excited about it, um, and that, that's kind of where it was born. Salim, do you want to maybe piggyback because you were a huge part of the the beginning? Yeah, so my uh, my initial idea was maybe back in October, November, when when a lot of these meme projects were coming up, and and it just felt like whatever you released, uh, probably more closer to October, whatever you released, kind of just sold, and people didn't pay attention to to who was releasing, and it just felt like a frenzy, and more and more people got rugged. And so I had heard about um, Nick and, and Hooker's um, success in, in the token space. And um, so I, I wanted to bring something together where we did bring some of that meme fun to, uh, token idea into the NFT space, but while still keeping it professional and, and making sure that people wouldn't get rugged by it. Um, and then the, the idea behind the name is actually a 1920s uh, Belgian painting from a very popular artist that is literally just a pipe saying, this is not a pipe. Um, so that's where the idea came from. We want to, you know, it's it's the irony of we're selling something, we're telling you this is not a rug. Uh, trust us technically, but, but it, it really is not a rug besides just what we're saying. You know, there's plenty of things that, People will be able to look into the utility, the team behind it, to to know that this is a solid project. Yeah, if you want to, I, I think that that kind of ties it up, Kellyanne. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. So you know, you're talking about the, the utility, and I know um, you're not going to reveal that right now. Um, but can for people who are new here. Um, can you explain or, you know, go through some of the 
uh, best utilities you've seen for NFTs? Yeah, Salim, do you want to maybe tee that one off? Yeah, so it, the utility from an NFT comes really down to the fact that an NFT is what is an NFT, right? It's a non-fungible token. Um, we've talked about, I've talked about a few different ways of using that, but it comes down to being able to give rewards or give membership or create community based on who holds that token. And and the reason it's so insightful and, and so revolutionary is because that token doesn't actually link anyone to their real identity, right? It, it lets people... Um, authenticate that they own something and they're, own, they're the owner of that NFT without revealing any more information about who they are uh, in real life. And so this allows a lot of people to give membership um, and, and start communities uh, based out of um, just ownership of a token. Uh, one part that we've explored is, you know, NFTs as a, a way of, of giving access to to software, giving access to certain events, um, being able to to display an art that's only um, available to to a specific group of people. Um, Nick, do you guys have any more utilities in mind? Yeah, I think for that's a great question. Just you can you can go in in a lot of different directions with it. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to kind of cover this from like the super newbie and NFTs um, all the way to um, kind of the expert like you, Kellyanne, the just polished expert. Um, so basically the idea is um, you can um, – so here's the idea. So it starts with a JPEG or a PNG, just like a picture. Um, and pictures have kind of code on the back of them. And what these are are we're taking advantage of what you can attach to those pictures, and we're doing it on the blockchain. Um so what, what you can attach can be a number of things. And I think with any new ne- technology, um, you use the technology to solve inefficiencies, like kind of Amazon was doing with book sales and all those kind of things and eBay and, and um, all, you know, Facebook and all these, these technologies that were solving inefficiencies. So let me ju- let's just walk through some inefficiencies. Um, number one, medical data. There's massive amount of medical data. It's bought and sold every single day. And the people never see a penny from that. Um, these companies get bigger and bigger and bigger. The bigger they get, the more powerful they get, the more they can toy around with, you know, politicians and, and kind of whatever they want and buy up their competition, scare people away. This technology could maybe reverse that trend. So now, let's say, instead of giving your data to that big medical company, um, you do it in, in this way with the blockchain and, a, you know, a company that's transparent. Everything is transparent on the blockchain so you could see where everything goes. And then instead of that money going to line the pockets of the executives at the big company, um, you can very easily flow all that money back to the people. Um, that's one of the concepts that Eliza and her team are working on with CryptoDocs. And I encourage you guys to click on her prof- profile and go follow CryptoDocs. Um, legal, for example. Same thing. You can take this kind of uh, legal concept. Um, you can reward the people more directly, um, like with class actions and all those kind of things and, and a lot of different things where um, information is out there. Um, real estate. Um, you could um, very easily transfer ownership of real estate. You could split shares of real estate into thousands of pieces 
Whereas before, you know, in the real world, you need to be net worth of over a million dollars, be an accredited investor. You could kind of reverse that. You could let people with very little money invest in big real estate in, in certain ways and keep it all transparent on the blockchain. Um, ours, for example, is about access. You can, if you hold the NFT and you hold it in your wallet, you get access to these certain perks. Um, there's a very popular project called Board Ape Yacht Club where you get access to um, sort of a network of other holders and yacht parties and things like that. Um, ours is ours is our utility is kind of uh, along those lines, but it's it's sort of a next leg up in our opinion um, with regards to access and what you could do with access. But um, sort of think of it as kind of being an owner of a stock in a company. Um, you know, you believe in it, so you own stock. I think what Salim and the group is talking about is this is much more efficient because um, you can prove that you own it by sh by showing your wallet. Um, the company can drop you things in real time. There isn't any kind of red tape, quarterly dividends, all those kind of things. Um, you can um, sell it and get a return. And another thing with the stock is when you buy a stock, you're just buying it from someone else that's selling it. When you buy one of these NFTs, you're buying it from someone else that's selling it, but some of the money goes back to the project, and the project can use that directly um, to keep growing, which will then increase the value of the of the stock or in this case an nft so um there's a lot of things that make it really exciting and um you can realize the value very quickly and really the the big big value play right here the big utility and you might not call this utility directly but the big utility with nfts is that less than one percent have bought or sold an nft and the people that have bought or sold nfts are obsessed and so what happens when another percent tries it and becomes obsessed and another percent and then 5% and then 10%, the value of the current NFTs are going to up, go up by a lot because they're the first kind of like early, um, kind of like, you know, the early, um, you know, action figures or, or baseball cards or any of those kind of things. So um, those are kind of all the ones that I could kind of quickly think of and try to explain in a, in a simple, simple way as possible. Um, the kind of things that Salim and his teams are building uh, and the reason why we have him on our team is they're building really complex things that, that can't be explained very quickly, but can be very valuable to holders in those communities like what he's done with his Cyber Dads project. And I encourage you guys to kind of click on these profiles and give these guys a follow because if you if you can see kind of the potential here in this space and you can see it kind of growing around you. And you can understand that they were doing the same thing with, with subways underground. People thought you were releasing the devil into the earth. You know, people were scared to get on ships and go across the ocean. People were scared of the Internet. People were scared of social media. It's always weird and kind of worrisome, and it's, it's not something you're used to. Um, but a lot of times when this many people are fired up about it and excited about it, and there's this much money changing hands and there's an economy um, in itself with the technology, it ends up being massive and changing the world. So that's what we feel like is happening right here with NFTs and cryptocurrency. And I love that you mentioned real estate because there are so many possibilities there. You know, em, you know, employees could own a building or, you know, or <laughs> you could own your town. Like all the people who live in a town could actually, you know, own a piece of it. So I really... I really love that. I mean, I love all of it, but um, the real estate's really fascinating to me right now. Yeah, so just let us know, Kellyanne, when you're ready to launch your real estate NFT project. We'll get behind you. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will. I will definitely be calling you all up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. 
And I also, when I'm trying to explain them to people, I, I start with, it's like a concert ticket. You get access, to, but you know, you can use it for VIP access to this or to get into this, or you're in a club or, you know, you're in a fan club. So I normally start with that. And then I break into the, and you can be part owner of an island in the Pacific. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, that's, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to say that I think that one of the things that most, uh, most, I mean, most of my friends, when I talk to them about NFTs, they think it's, I mean, they call it, they call it JPEGs. Um, It's just art. It's uh, uh, a picture or something like that. That, that people are paying millions of dollars for. And that's just one of the use cases. I mean, the, the artwork uh, NFT concept is just one of the, the many different types of use cases that you can use for uh, use with NFTs. Like NFTs is just, it's a non-fungible token. It's a link, like Salim said, to a wallet. Um, whoever holds that wallet has, has access, has ownership. It, it links ownership to something. And so... Um, it's just really important to, to note that, I mean, it doesn't always have to do with art. It's not just an art thing. I mean, one of the, my first experience with NFTs uh, actually was with a, a utility token that I was uh, a part of. And so NFTs in that situation were um, almost exactly like what Salim's project is, was access to um, certain software, access to certain uh, websites um, where you could get information. So, so really, it's, um, I mean, the simplest way that I try to explain NFTs to individuals that, that I'm trying to get into this space is that NFTs are really just uh, a way of linking ownership to something. Um, and that ownership can give access, it can give benefits, it can give artwork, I mean, it can give so many different things, so... Very beautifully put, Mr. Rugger. And I, Kelly, and I will tell you, Rug Hooker and I are both um, expecting fathers, and we're going to have babies around the same time. Him, him, a boy, uh, me, a girl. So, if you know anything about arranged marriages and documents and how to draw all that up, that'd be great. Because I just love this guy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we picked. We kind of picked the perfect time to launch a NFT project. Because our mint, um, I mean, is probably going to run up pretty close to both of our wives' due dates. So. Oh my goodness! Wow. Wait, well, congratulations. It, <laughs> yeah, it's great when you know your wives are nesting, and you know quality time is really important. And you're on AMAs at night, you know, explaining NFTs to people. So it's just a great combination. But no, I'm just kidding. But no, it, it's exciting, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. And um, I mean, it's pretty convenient, Mr. Rug Hooker, that I'm having a girl and you're having a boy. I mean. Definitely prom. Definitely they're going to prom together. <laughs> yeah. We had, so just a quick story. Me, so my wife and I have two children already, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Both of them are boys. And we were very, very adamant on having a girl um, that we really, uh, not adamant. We wanted a girl uh, very badly. And I'll, I'll say that one of the, uh, my least proud moments of my life is when we had the, uh, uh, gender reveal for this last baby and finding out that it was a boy instead of a girl. Um, it was videotaped and you could see the just sheer disappointment on my face um, on that video. So anyway, all of that <laughs> to say that Nick is just rubbing in my face well, that he's having his first kid is a girl. So yeah. um, we're pretty blessed. Yeah. I think one of the worst things that Mr. Rugger, I mean, 
everybody knew that he was really hoping for a girl and they did this big reveal, his family. And you could see him in the video when they found it as a boy saying, why would we do a big reveal if it was a boy? So that was, that was kind of tough to watch. Really funny. But the, uh, the solution is we're adopting, we're adopting a girl. So we're going to have four kids, even though, so I wanted two kids. My wife wanted four kids and now we're, we're compromised with four kids. And I oh give my gosh. I have one, and I'm like, how do I do this? Um, but on that <laughs> note, I have to go tend to that one and a poodle and a husband. So, Kelly and team, thanks for having me. I trust that my team can handle this without me. And uh, I'll see you on Sunday. Everybody. All right. Thank you, Liza. I'll see you at the party. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Um, and then I, I had another question because a lot of times people ask about, you know, the, you know, rarity and traits and, um, you know, how that plays into the um, potential worth of an NFT. Could someone explain that? I can jump in here. Um, since part of my job with Cyber Babies is to rank NFTs, um, a lot of this stuff will come down to, to the attributes that a uh, token or um, a collection can can give to each nfts and and usually a collection will try to to vary those attributes and and uh, pepper some some rare attributes in there and so an nft's ranking it's technically a, a subjective ranking right there's no source of ranking in, unless the collection and and the the project owners have released an official ranking database for it um, but it's all based on how how rare is that NFT compared to the other rest of the NFTs in a, in a particular collection? So if an NFT has, has multiple attributes or traits that are less than 1%, it's probably going to be in the top top few percents, right? Um, but some more common NFTs that don't have that many rare traits um, won't always be ranked as high. Of course, that's just looking at the numbers, right? There's also an eye test that people can do and just looking at an NFT and see if it looks good compared to the rest of the collection. And that's always a good way of of buying something that you like or or making sure that you're not just spending money on on a rank, but also spending money on on something that you think is uh, looks good and um, you'll enjoy having in your collection. Yeah, just to piggyback off of that with the educational thing is that my first experience with nfts again like i said was with a a token project and um and one of the nfts that they launched was a a pfp project um it was a fundraiser um for something that we were working on and i didn't understand rarity i didn't understand traits and all i understood was floor so, like, I mean, if you've ever been in the space or if you're just now getting into the space, uh, you'll see floor price on OpenSea when you pull up a collection. And so I always just thought that, like, the floor price dictates what these things are worth. I mean, that's what people are paying for it, and so that's ultimately what it's worth. And so I, I set the prices of some of these NFTs that, that I was just going to sell um, at a little bit higher than the floor. Like, it, it was probably double what the floor was. And I was surprised when people started buying the the NFTs that I had when they could have bought just as easily some of these floor NFTs that were about half the price as what I what I had listed it for. 
And it wasn't until uh, about a month later that I even like learned about rarity, learned about trades or anything like that. And so I realized that I was selling some pretty rare versions of these NFTs in that collection at a super, super low price. And people were just snatching it up uh, because they knew that they were really rare versions. So um, so anybody who's getting into the space and they are getting into these like PFP or, or just really like artwork type uh, NFT projects, uh, it definitely is important that when you purchase that NFT that you go to some of these tools like Rarity Sniper uh, or Rarity Sniffer um, and uh, and plug in your collection, the, the number of the NFT that you have in that collection, and it'll show you kind of what the traits are and the, the rarity of that particular NFT. Okay. Thanks for explaining that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, another question, you know, that I get is, you know, verified versus, you know, a collection that's not verified on OpenSea. You know, a lot of people ask questions about that and, you know, how to identify what's good <laughs> and, and maybe what's not. Yeah, absolutely. Darian, you want to take that one? Salim, you want Darren, you available? I'm available. Um, the, so the verified on OpenSea, it, it, it really is similar to the Twitter uh, verification or the blue check mark on Instagram, right? Um, it's it's basically a, a, a manual process of collections releasing and then sending um, information and proof directly to OpenSea so that OpenSea can can correctly say, hey, these are the, the owners of this project, Um we verified their socials. They're um, in charge of those socials. This is the correct collection that you're looking for. And so it's really the, the exact same process that someone would have to go through when they would want to verify their Instagram and add a blue check mark or their Twitter. Um, it's open to saying, hey, we've vetted whoever owns this collection. Um, it, it's legit. Uh, feel free to buy without risking getting rugged or, or risking uh, buying from a fake collection. Yeah, yeah, I think the to... only thing that I would really no, go ahead, I would add is OpenSea is pretty slow to to verify certain projects. So, um, you know, just to be honest, like I don't look too much into a verified project just because, um, it, I mean, you could be months late before OpenSea gets around to, to adding a verification. And there are certain projects that uh, I'm personally a big fan of that I think are really fantastic projects, really well-led Um you know, really high floor prices and they're not verified and they've been around for months. Um, so I don't look too much into that just for the fact that OpenSea, um, often called closed sea, is a little bit slow to respond to issues. <laughs> I saw that uh, trending today, closed sea. Closed sea or uh, broken sea? Broken sea. Was the, that was what I saw, actually. Broken sea, not closed sea. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, we, we have, uh, periodic AMAs with our community. Um, the one that we had yesterday was with projects that had been rugged that the community took them over. And so these are all education based. And so we had a pretty good conversation about different, uh, aspects of projects that could mean that it's a rug pull. It could not mean that it's rug pull. And it's, it's one of these like, uh, totality of the circumstances. I mean, you can find a project. Um, that has been around for a while that finally has gotten that verification check mark on open seas um, prior to their mint. Uh, but sometimes like these projects um, 
uh, don't start that process or don't know to start that process or whatever until it's too late and you go to Mint and it's still not a verified um, project on on uh, OpenSea. So it's kind of one of those things that, like Darian said, I mean, if you if you want to get in on it and take that risk, um, that's that's definitely within your right to do. If you want to be extremely careful and wait until it's actually verified, I mean, it could take OpenSea a month or so um, to get that done. I know that that's that's one of the uh, gripes in the space right now, at least on Twitter, is that uh, OpenSea is extremely slow, um, and this being one of those things where they're extremely slow to to verify these projects. So a lot of times things go to mint, and people just don't even know: is this the right contract? Is this the right project? Or am I buying from a scam? Yeah, and while we're talking about unverified collections, I think it's important to say um, you got to be really careful. You got to really think about what you're buying. You don't want to rush into anything. They, like I always avoid typing in a project unless I've done it a, a hundred times to look at a specific one. Um, but I typically will go to the stats page and see what's kind of the top trending, or I, I go straight from Discord or wherever their Twitter official links take you. Um, just because you can end up, you can type in a certain project and, and click on the one that looks legit. Um, there was actually a project that somehow got verified, but actually was not the real one. Um, that's a little bit, a little bit freaky. But um, so I think use the official links that you get in Discord or on someone's Twitter page. Like that's the best way to find a project page, and that's the best way to make sure that you're you're not getting scammed. Um, it, you got to do your due diligence and, and just be careful. Yeah, it was actually just last thing. Like that was a project that Gary and I were talking about. It was a very big project. I'm not going to release the name of it because it had nothing to do with that project. It it was just weird that it showed that it was verified on the OpenSea. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, on the OpenSea site, but that was not the uh, collection. And the the only way that I ended up finding it out was by just going back to their Discord, pulling up the OpenSea collection, and finding that it wasn't linking to that particular project. So, so again, it's it's not it's definitely not a uh, foolproof system. Um, it's just it's just one of the many things that you can kind of use as a guide to whether um, a project's legit or not. Yeah, and just to piggyback, you know. I think it's not as much is a collection verified as in have you verified uh, this collection, you know, personally? Um, Have you heard the voice of the founders? Um, Have you looked at the vision of the project? Um, Is there kind of proof that the utility is there, that that it can be carried out, that it's doable? Um, If you can't verify it yourself, then I I wouldn't buy it. I would would take more time buying less projects uh, than buying you know, more projects with less time. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for going, going through that. That is something that people do ask a lot. I normally tell them, you know, do your research, look, you know, into the artist and find them on Twitter and, you know, trying to learn as much as you can, but that's good to know about the verification process there. And on the other side of that, um, you know, we talked about a little bit about like, you know, being careful about investing and buying and checking um, on that. And what would you say to a creator who wants to create an NFT, but hasn't yet? Maybe they're skeptical or they're scared. What would you say to somebody? 
Soleim, do you want to take that one? I think we might go with um, uh, the way to mint on OpenSea without gas. Maybe to start right. with thing, and then maybe go into understanding the importance of marketing and hype. Right. So if if you're a creator and you just want to get your hands um, hands dirty with NFTs and and um, just test the waters, the best way uh, I think would be to just use OpenSea's um, subsidized minting platform where you're able to create NFTs and list them for sale without having to pay any uh, minting uh, minting gas, right? So that's one of the big things that people worry about is, well, this NFT costs, you know, 0.01 ETH to, to mint. That's a lot of money. Or, you know, if gas goes up, it's even more. Um, OpenSea allows you to, to subsidize that minting cost. And so the first buyer that will buy that NFT from an artist will be the one that, that affronts that, that gas fee. Um, you know, that allows creators and artists to, to have their art out there on an official collection that, that they're proud of, um, without having to know any of the inner workings of, of how, uh, ERC 2721, um, Ethereum contract works or, or any of that. That's good to know. We, we do get that a lot and people ask, you know, a lot of questions about that. Like, is it expensive? And yeah. Okay. So that's really good to know. Yeah, so that's really the best way to do it. There's no real expense until the actual NFT is sold or you know purchased from someone, and the purchaser pays the expense to kind of create the NFT. Um, so it's just it's just literally uh, creating an image and um, uploading it in um, and and letting their technology turn it into an NFT right when it's purchased. That's awesome. So uh, beyond the, um, well, let me rephrase that. Um, so would you suggest that, uh, let's say somebody's a little bit more seasoned um, and they wanted to start minting more, uh, do you think it would be easier to go traditional with the traditional Ethereum or with Solana, Solana or Polygon, pluses or minus, minuses for using each of them, would you say? Go ahead, Slim. I'll jump on again. Sorry, it, some, when when it's a more technical question, I have a tr- I have trouble um, not not wanting to answer it. But if if you're a beginner, um, it's going to be tough to ignore the market uh, share that Ethereum has, right? Um, a majority of of NFTs are minted on on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, of course, the, the main downside is is the gas cost there. So. You know, we talked about the subsidized um, OpenSea minting, but the reality of it is most most NFTs are minted through through the developer, and there there is a fee to deploying a contract if you want to do it the, the proper way. So, you know, each Ethereum will have the biggest market share, but the high cost. Solana has a very um, active user base, and and they're very fanatic about the the network, um, and there is a lot of um, Solana projects being released, um, you won't get as much market uh, and as many users as you would on Ethereum, but you will get a, a very uh, rabid fan base of, of Solana NFT collectors. Um, and then Polygon, of course, is is um, an offshoot of Ethereum, you know, and so you'll get um, a lot of gaming NFTs that do a sidechain on Polygon to, to allow all the transactions that need to happen for any kind of gaming uh, play to earn or 
P2P um, gaming NFT there. So they all have their their upsides and downsides. Um, currently, Ethereum's leading the way, but Solana's you know coming quickly behind it. A Cardano also started an NFT blockchain um, marketplace. So there's options out there. Ethereum might be the the clear winner right now, but we shouldn't dismiss Solana and, and Polygon as well. Yeah, definitely. There, there are definitely. Uh, so, I mean, Ethereum is the most expensive um, out of almost every blockchain um, currently to mint on. And although, like, I've seen projects on Solana that have ten thousand um, collections or, or, or ten thousand NFT collections that um, that have sold out that have done extremely well. Um, but I guess that that's that's where we kind of draw that distinction is. Are you planning on doing something that's like a 10,000 or 7,000 or whatever collection NFT project? If so, then maybe that extra price on minting on, on Ethereum is worth the investment because you've got just a much bigger base. Um, you've got a, a, a much bigger uh, community that you're trying to sell to. Now, if you're just doing one of one uh, artworks, I mean, there are, there is a passionate group of people on Solana. I know a lot of people who are uh, mincing their projects on Solana. I know that a lot of people who are just hard headed about it and they're like, I'm going to do my 10,000 NFT collection on Solana because I like Solana and I'm just going to, I'm going to be the bull here and I'm going to move forward with that. And I, I mean, I respect that. But if you are just doing like a one of one, uh, piece of art that you're minting on the blockchain and you just want to sell it. I mean, Solana just makes a lot of sense. It's a lot cheaper to do it there. Um, so if you can find a Solana, uh, a way to do that, then, then that just makes sense. I know people who, who, uh, who mint on, uh, Tezos. So, uh, actually our front end developer has a project that he, uh, he, uh, created on Tezos. So. So th- it's definitely not just Ethereum. There, there are many blockchains, uh, like Salim said, Cardano as well, that's uh, about to um, uh, give access to its users to be able to, to mint uh, NFTs on their blockchain. So, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, and then you already touched on this, but um, so for somebody who hasn't taken the NFT plunge, um, as an investor, but wants to, what advice do you have? And what would you say are some of the best collections that you've seen that have come from beginners? So I guess that I can, I can take this one. Um, I'll start with the second part of the question. Some of the best projects that I've seen that come from beginners. And I, I personally, again, the reason why we decided to start this project is that we wanted to do something that we felt hadn't been done in the space yet um, with our utility. Um, and that was the the sole purpose for it. Um, there, I personally respect um, and purchase NFTs from uh, people who are innovating, that are doing something that's different, that it's not just, um, I mean, I'm not going to bag on PFPs, um, but it's not just like another piece of art that is a a copy and paste of 10,000 projects that came before it. Um, It's, it's not just a, a uh, um, masterclass in marketing, but instead it's somebody who really had a vision, truly believed in that vision enough to um, put funds together to make that vision a reality 
And those are the projects that, that, that I try to get involved in that I respect the most. As far as individuals that want to get into it, I mean, really, I mean, it, we're not talking about a ton of capital if you, if you really want to get involved. I know so many artists. It's, uh, it, we've, we've been connected with uh, a bunch of artists in this space that have created incredible one-of-one pieces of art or um, different collections and stuff like that that really didn't have any money that they put towards marketing. They didn't have any money that they put towards really anything except for the contract deployment fee. Um, or they did it on open seas and it was subsidized with the person who was purchasing it. Um, so the, the barrier of entry is, is pretty low, um, uh, all things considered, when uh, it, for people who want to create these projects. And that's almost kind of the reason why the space has the problems that it has is because the barrier of entry is so low that anybody can just uh, jump in and create it. I, I'm sure that somebody has seen that news article about the 12 year old that made, um, oh, what did he make? I can't remember the, the PFP project that he worked on, but made $400,000 on, um, on his generative art piece that, uh, or art collection that he sold on the Ethereum network. So, um, so if a 12 year old can do it, I mean, if you just take a little bit of time and do that research, um, it's not really hard to get into it. So. Yeah. I'll add to it. I, as far as an advice goes, I always think that you learn the most by doing. And so I always say that one of the costliest mistakes that you can make is to stay on the sidelines. If you stayed on the sidelines of Apple before it became Apple, you missed something incredible. If you were on the sidelines when Amazon was launched, it's just the internet. No, it's not. No one's going to use this, right? You missed it. Um, if you waited to buy Bitcoin, right? Not, not, not saying you missed it, but um, if you stayed on the sideline during that whole period of time, you just missed so much opportunity. So that's always one of the things that I, I give to people as, as advice is just jump in do something inexpensive, get your feet wet, learn. Um, you'll learn so much more by doing. And the more you do, the more you'll learn. Yeah. And I, I I'd like to just kind of close that kind of piece. Cause you guys touched it beautifully, which is um, I have a friend that at the very beginning of dot com um, noticed that online scooters, and this was like really early on internet were, so much cheaper if you kind of brought them in from China and then sold drop shipped them that way. And so he just created a website and was drop shipping scooters uh, from China as a 14 year old. And what he did was he took this new technology. He found a hole, which there's plenty of them in web three, plenty, plenty of holes. There's holes, there's holes all over the place because it's so brand new. And then he just used the technology to create, um, create something efficient. Um, another friend of mine and, and that ended up being a $10 million kind of business um, while he was in high school. Another friend of mine um, took this kind of early eighties computer technology and said, you know, this can save accountants a ton of time with bookkeeping. They should, uh, we can do accounting software on this technology ended up selling it to TurboTax. It's now the infrastructure for the new TurboTax. Uh, that was a hundred million dollar deal. Um, it, it's just another, it's another new technology. Um, there's going to be a lot of inefficiencies. Um, I, that's another thing is what can you, what kind of inefficiencies can you solve? And, um, and that'll be a great place to start um, with regards to these artists that, that make great art. Um, one, one piece of advice I would give is to, 
um, not underestimate the importance of community and not underestimate the importance of marketing. Um, so making sure that, honestly, if I was a great artist, I would find a great developer, I would find a great marketer, and um, and I, I would go into business with them. And I would study other projects, um, figure out how they built community and maintain community, and figured out how they, they built hype around something. It's kind of like, you know, they say business is half science, half art. Um, NFT sales is, is kind of like half hype, half art. Um, so, so don't skip out on that component. I'm, I think there's a lot of really incredible art out there that's just not marketed properly. And then when people are kind of excited about it, there's nowhere for them to go and chat about that and, and relate and, and connect with their fellow members that are also excited about it. So um, anyway, those are the things I wanted to add. I think that's great advice, and it's something that, you know, we're asked a lot. I get at least 100 questions about that <laughs> every week, um, asking me for advice, and I'm like, well, I've never actually done this, so <laughs> um, I'll definitely send the replay of this, you know, t uh, to everyone, because there's a lot of great information in here. Um, I. I was going to ask some other questions that we've had, um, you know, about, you know, what does the future hold for NFTs? I, I think we went through a lot of that because it just seems like, well, I, I'll <laughs> let, let you all answer that. But, I mean, to me, I mean, I just think the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I think um, the future with NFTs um, from a buyer standpoint is, you know, it's less than 1% right now. Um that could easily be um, the same amount of people that are on uh, social media, four billion. Um, when the when the um, when the really secret sauce gets out and people start utilizing it, um, from a seller standpoint, we see some of these huge brands starting to come out, but there's still no, you know, there's no Coca Cola NFTs. George Lucas hasn't done anything yet. Um, Disney, you know, hasn't done anything yet. Um, so at, from a seller standpoint, um, certainly, um, these people are starting to get on board and start thinking about how they can add value in this space. Um, but the future is extremely bright for NFTs. Um, just talk to anybody that's bought or sold one and, and listen to how excited they are. Um, you know, we, we take, we talk to people every single day, um, with our consulting company, um, that have, have new ideas and want to add things to the space. And some of them are some of the biggest uh, people in, in Web2 and traditional Internet. Um, we were just talking with a guy that built one of the most famous open source um, platforms um, on the Internet, early Internet. And now he's building something in Web3 to make it easier for um, kind of front end designers to create things in Web3. He's giving them the tools and things like that. So um, it's extremely early. Um, the future is extremely bright. Uh, we have firsthand knowledge of that. And um, there's a lot to be really excited about. And if you're on this call, um, you, you should please realize how valuable that is. And, um, you know, just like reading a book is valuable for you because it educates you. Um, sitting in and listening to these kind of brilliant people around you. I'm not talking about myself, but these people that have talked today, um, this team. And I told you I'm, I'm the least smart guy in this group. But um, when you listen to this team and um, and you just take it back a, a second and just think, oh, my gosh, like, what if this is the next dot com? And it's 1991 and I, I can go find um, the next Apple, the next Amazon, uh, the next eBay and get in early. And not only can you get in from an investor standpoint in this in this world, 
but you can get in from an owner standpoint if you're a really diligent community member um, and you help, help solve problems for the for the founders. I'm telling you from firsthand knowledge, that's how you can work your way in that way um, by just being a great member of their community. And then when you find those great groups that you have great feelings about, um, <clears throat> latch onto those groups um, because they're not just going to do one project. And most of these NFTs, if you hold um, their first one, you have access to their future ones in a pre-sale capacity or things like that. And that's when people are making a lot of money. But um, I think it's extremely exciting. The future is extremely and I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to the team to, to kind of bring that point home. Ditto. That's, I mean, I retweet. think you said it great. So I'll, I'll just yeah. retweet what you just said. Plus My first one. two retweets. <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, I don't know. We, I'm assuming we answered all the questions. We got to all the questions that people have been DMing. If anyone would like to ask a question, we could probably take one. If anyone wanted to come up. I see some people, I think, wanted to come up and some were requesting and then we might have answered their question. Yeah, we got a lot of requests to uh, put their hands down. Oh, oh. here we go. We <laughs> They're coming back. <laughs> All right, Reese Wagon, you are up. Or you should be up anyways. There we go. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for bringing me up here. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a question about the earlier point you made about, you know, the NFTs being half hype and half um, science or half, half artist, really half artist. You know, our project's clearly not about the art, but should you start minting if you don't have enough hype yet? Or should you wait? How long should you wait? Like how many community members per nft is there some sort of ratio that you can advise before you open the the mint yeah we actually just had a conversation about this um with so uh, i uh, advise on on multiple different projects and um one of the conversations that we were having was um hype and whether I mean, I'm assuming that you're speaking from a standpoint of you've got a large collection, seven through 10,000 NFT collection that you're trying to get sold out. Um, but we had that conversation and back in September and October, for sure, that was the NFT craze. And I think that it created this just unrealistic expectation that if your project was successful, it was going to sell out in 15 minutes. And that's just, it's, it's not practical. That was the case back in September, October, maybe even into a little bit of November. But now that we've kind of gotten out of that NFT bull market um, hype phase, um, it's just, it's really not the case for the most part with most projects. Um, the, I think that if you're, if you're looking at it from the perspective of, are we going to sell out in 15 minutes? Are we going to sell out in 30 minutes? Do we have enough hype to sell it out? That you're probably not, um, taking into consideration what is actually going to make this project um, successful in the long term. Because if it's successful in the long term um, and it's got true utility, you can sell out in weeks. You can sell out in months. Like it could take you six months to sell out and that project is still valuable and you're not going to have this, this uh, insanely low floor price. Maybe for a little while there, um, because they can still mint the project, it's going to have a lower price. But eventually, if you carry through with that roadmap, if you carry through with your utility, 
Um, and as long as the market wants that utility, um, you're going to sell out eventually. So, so I don't know that that necessarily is the answer that you, that you wanted to hear. Um, but personally, I'm more interested in making sure that the project is, has the utility that it should have so that eventually when people want that utility, they're going to come to your project and buy your NFT so they can have access to that utility. Uh, aside from that, I don't think there's really a secret sauce to what's going to end up selling out a project. I don't think that there's a secret sauce to how many people you should have in your Discord, how many people you should have in your Twitter, because I've seen projects recently where they have like 3,000 people in their Discord, um, maybe 10,000 people on their Twitter, and they sell out a 10,000 NFT collection. So you wouldn't think that that would be the case, and they just do it. Um, then you have other projects that have same numbers and they don't sell out. Um, so I don't think there's really a magic number there or any secret sauce. Really, I think that fundamentally, rather than looking at numbers, um, you should take a step back and look at utility roadmap and make that determination within yourself. Is this project ready to mint um, based on those standards? And if it's not, push it back until it is ready. If it is, then go to Mint and just trust the fact that you've made a great product and the people are going to eventually want to buy it. Yeah, no, I hear you. Thank you so much. Um, we need to mint out 50% before we can enact our utility, you know, from those funds. So, um, yeah, we'll take that back and, and think about it. Uh, uh, I appreciate your feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's an that's a interesting place to be in. Um, and, I, and I completely understand that. Um, that that you need a certain amount of money to implement a certain piece of utility. I mean, I, that's kind of the um, position that a lot of projects that I see are in. Um, and so, again, maybe you play around with the price. Maybe you play around with um, whether or not you do have um, the community behind the idea. Um, they're ready to purchase there at the beginning. So um, I just think that when you get into that numbers game, when you get into the hype factor, when you get into botting like crazy a discord, um, it's just a, it's for the lack of a better word, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea whether it's going to end up selling out. Instead, it's much better to, to focus on the fundamentals and is your utility gaining traction? Are people interested in it? Um, if they are, then it will sell. If they aren't, then maybe you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what what the people actually do want. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, out of principle, I don't want to buy Discord users or, or Twitter followers because I've just seen these massive projects, you know, with hundred thousand Discord users and they, they still don't. They're they're all bots. But man, trying to grow this organically, it is hard. Hit <laughs> it. I'll, I'll tell you from experience. Like every project that I worked with, it's hard. It is even. Even projects that just seem like they've blown up like crazy, like it wasn't an easy thing to get there. I mean, I'll just take one of the, the most recent example, Hate Beast. There was a lot of work that went into that before they even started with social media. I mean, they worked, uh, they had partnerships, they had the arts, they had a lot of things put together before they even went to market. And so it's it's easy to kind of look at these projects and think like, oh, it took them three weeks to create or three three months to create that huge amount of hype and they sold out in 15 minutes. No, I mean, there was a lot of work behind the scenes and they did a lot of market research to figure out what's going to sell, uh, what, do, what are people interested in, um, what kind of partnerships do we need? And then they, they move forward with that. So 
Um, the projects that bought like crazy their their Discord, I mean, people are starting to see through that. <laughs> They're starting to realize that there's no way that this project has 300,000 people in it. That's half of the NFT community. Like, how did they get half of the NFT <laughs> community into our Discord? It just... Yeah. And yeah. I, I just wanted to add one more thing, um, which is, you know, don't be don't be afraid to shrink the supply if it's needed and do a kind of V1, V2 kind of deal and ease into the greater supply. Um, there's a lot of really great projects that are minting 500. Um, they're selling out. They're building a strong community. They're building a strong core and foundation, and then they build from there. So, All right. I'm, I'm going to DM you, oh, it's a tradition traditional rug hooker yeah my, uh, online, uh, I, I can uh, shield you your project for some more more insight hey i really appreciate it yeah i mean i'm so one of the things that we push super hard in our group is that i've only gotten to where i am at today because of the connections that i've made it is not our project against the world it's not our project against other projects i want to find collaborations that make sense and i want to find people who we can use resources and help each other out um, because I think that's where this space is going to succeed is people helping each other out. So for sure, my, my handle is rug hooker, rug underscore hooker. Um, I'm also in our discord. So feel free to DM me in either one. Thank you again. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So Thanks. I, I think we covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> I, I was going through, I just jot down notes and we've, we've really, um, it's a lot of great information. So thanks a lot. Yeah. And thank you, and thank much, you so Kelly. much, Kellyanne, for putting this on. And, and if you guys are in this group and you kind of believe in what this team is saying and the vision behind it and uh, the sounds of the voices and you believe in the future of this project, uh, I'd encourage you to click on this profile. It's not a rug and, follow the Twitter and uh, click on the link tree, follow the Instagram and jump in the discord. If you jump in the discord, uh, just can't just say Kellyanne sent me, or I came from the disc uh, from the AMA or something like that. And we'll add you to the whitelist. The whitelist will give you early access opportunity um, um, to buy our project um, before, you know, um, hopefully uh, sells out. So you'll have early access and, and you'll be able to purchase it at a discount. Um, so uh, please, if you believe in what we're saying and you kind of are fired up about our vision and what we're working on and what, why we pulled this big of a team and this kind of expert of a team together, um, please come join us. We'll be hanging out with the chat and we'd love to talk with you in Discord. And I did pin a couple of tweets up at the top. So if you want to click through there, you can slide through. The first one is rug hooker. <laughs> and then the second one is, um, this is not a rug. So if you go there, then you'll be able to find all of their information in the link tree. Well, I really appreciate it, Kelly. And thank you very much for having us today. And I love the tweet that you picked out from my uh, profile. Uh, that was pretty far down. So you, you really dug in there. <laughs> I'm a dig. I dig. I, dig. I definitely dig. <laughs> yeah, day. for a, for a rug hooker, you're you're pretty protective of your privacy there. No, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I like this uh, tweet. So I'm very thank proud you. of myself for this one. Yeah, thank you so much, Kellyanne, and thank you for the whole team. I, I learned a lot tonight too, and so it was great. Thank you. Yeah, and we cannot wait for your big announcement coming soon. 
Yeah, we'll have to do another one of the AMA. first to know. We'll have to do another <laughs> AMA to roll roll that out. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you in the Discord. Good night.